This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Jackson's there, Billy Head, a goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Thank you. Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson. Clears the flame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance. Hello, it's it's been a good day. England have won the T20 World Cup. So today we'll be changing the name of the podcast that courtesy of Mr. Kosmala to Andy Takes That Wicket. Or, if you want to do it authentically, Andy Takes That Wicket. And we'll be solely focusing on how many how amazing Ben Stokes is. What's that? You're here for the football? Well, okay. Now, a massive amount to report on yesterday as the Terriers drew 0-0 against Swansea. But that's four points from a possible six this week, which means that I'm not as down as I was last week where I was pretty manic depressive. Uh, and Town going to the break and not cut adrift and still scrapping at the bottom end of the league. Uh, so joining me uh, to look back over the last two games and indeed the season so far is the bear in the big blue and white house. It's Cozzy and the Terrier superfan whose grinning mug is all over Town's marketing. It's the Pozzanary. How are we doing, chaps? Good, Matt. I mean, our, uh, a lot of people were uh, bemoaning the game yesterday, but our away guy, he would flown in from Norway for the match. Can you believe that? So, and he, he, you know what? We're massive, mate. Oh. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can kind of, uh, he's adopted other shields our team, really, and that's well. It became to Fulham. We, it first started Fulham, away the, the, the free coach night. You were there, Paul. I remember Big John Park. Oh, no, that was Charlton, wasn't it? No, sorry, the Charlton. It was Charlton that night when all the free. When we lost the record. Team. Yeah, we lost the record, but it's really weird because I think obviously I do a lot of travelling like abroad and to football games. You kind of adopt teams and stuff, and 
Schalke's kind of my team in Germany and, and Spain, haven't they? I got but so yeah, he came yesterday, mate. And what he must think of places like the Vulcan and the other place, you know, all that. And we had a right tour yesterday, ended in karaoke and, and stuff. But yeah, it's we've got there is some amazing fans that kind of watch town on the quiet that are just uh, I don't know, they just fly over. I know obviously the kind of Leeds have got a good a broad following, but I think we have as well. We've got a lot of Irish, you know, terriers. We've you know, so we've got uh Someone German came from guy, Spain. Uh, as a young boy yeah. came from Spain for his first game yesterday, which was tweeted as guy which was fantastic. Yeah. No, it's it was I just thought, God, if anyone's moaning about Lee Jordan getting home and how bad they get what this poor lad's come from Norway, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Alex, isn't it, who's in uh, in Germany. So hello to all the Terriers abroad and obviously Sivan John as well, isn't it? Who lives in Malaysia. So, you know, we've got quite well represented across the globe, aren't we? So um hello to everybody who's watching this nonsense online. Uh thanks for joining us uh, on this pleasant Sunday evening. Um, right, let's get into it, shall we? Um, Magic Rock are the sponsors of this uh, podcast. So big thanks to Magic Rock for their continued sponsorship and support throughout the season. Um, it's coming up to Christmas. If you want to give away some uh, beers as a present, use our code of AHTTC10 to get 10% off. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's a good present, isn't it, Cosy? For uh, You were there, weren't you? Uh, or you were in the... Was it the old hat where they were selling Magic Rock in town, was it? Yeah. I saw you tweet it, didn't you? I think Bonfire Nights uh, started again up where I am as well. But yeah, knowing the crown, uh, there was town lager crown, available. Really good that as well. and, and you know what? They served it in a Magic Rock glass. And it's really weird because they had another pint and they said, I think Moretti summer, one of my mates got like, Oh, do you mind if it's in another glass? Can you imagine saying that a few years ago? Like, you apologize, <laughs> apologizing that you weren't serving a pint like, in a glass that had uh, the manufacturer's name on. But no, the Magic Rock glasses does, uh, they do look These are class. These are, these are great, these Magic yeah. Rock glasses. But, um, I were on a mission I yesterday. I had, I had a Magic Rock, uh, I had a town lager at half time. Well, to be fair, it wasn't half time. I lied. I went up about half an hour. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those days, wasn't it? I do kiss somebody up who uh, listens to the party. He says, I says it must have been a bad day if you want kind of uh, under the influence of something yesterday and says, I would have fought a six pounder yesterday before the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about, shall we talk about, shall we talk about, shall we talk about the cricket? What shall we do? We best talk yeah. about the football because that's what people tune in for, isn't it? Um, town nil, Swansea nil. Uh, yeah, that's about it really, isn't it? Shall we move on to QPR? <laughs> it wasn't, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll talk about it properly. Um, Town, I think, have a lot to thank uh, Tom Lees, Mikhail Hellick, uh, Lee Nichols for in this game. I thought all three of them were outstanding. It was a game whereby we'd obviously set our stall out to be defensive and deny Swansea a lot of space in front of the back four and behind the back four. So it's all about what Mark Fotheringham has spoken about, isn't it? About denying the spaces and it's all about the structure and the space rather than an, an actual, you know, numbers, you know, tactical system. Um, and to be honest, I... I was bored. I was really bored. But I could also appreciate the fact that this is what town were doing. And the game plan that they had was obviously built from defence. It's not great as a spectator to watch as it pause. But as a centre-back yourself, I think you kind of have to watch some of what town were doing and actually go, do you know what? Some of these defenders played really well today. Tom Lees, Hellick in particular. Even, you know, fair play to Luke and Betty as well, who'd had uh, every time he'd touched the ball for us prior to this it was stinking, but he actually had a decent game yesterday. And, you know, I think you look at that, Josh Ruffles has come back in, hasn't he? He's done quite well. Brody Spencer came on a sub, he's done done his job. Uh, Kane Kessler-Hayden. Uh, it was obviously a case of packing, packing the box and trying to counter 
Um, but town, the gameplay I thought was, was sound. I know, like, like I keep saying, it wasn't exciting, but it was it was sound. Um, and to quote Mike Fotheringham on another day, we could have won that game, couldn't we? The XG is slightly higher. Um, Helix missed a really presentable chance, hasn't he, uh, from the set piece that's come over and he's missed the ball right in front of goal, uh, right in front of you guys, wasn't he? Uh, and Danny Ward's... Do you know, I, I, at the time when Danny Ward's missed that chance, I'm I'm sat there thinking, bloody hell, that's another one, Danny Ward, kind of thing. But when you look back, it's actually a superb save from uh, from the keeper. Danny Ward's hit it well and then he's unlucky with the follow-up, isn't he, where it f- flicks off uh, Clem's uh, stepson and, uh, and goes over the bar, doesn't it? So... Um, an interesting, interesting game, and I'll quote you some stats first, pause, uh before we get going, especially with the defenders. So, Michal Helic yesterday, 11 clearances, two interceptions. Uh, Josh Ruffles, five clearances, two interceptions. And it's going into Sean Connery mode there, aren't it? Two interceptions. Uh, Tom Lee's three clearances, three interceptions, and one massive block, which was uh, phenomenal in the first half. Uh, and David Kasumu seemed to be absolutely everywhere as well. I thought Kasumu was, was decent in midfield as well. We'd missed him. Um, same old failings maybe up front, but from a defensive point of view, that was actually pretty good, wasn't it? When you're talking about defence off the ball, on the ball, we'll talk about as a different kettle of fish, but off the ball, town were quite well-structured and uh, did quite well, didn't they? Yeah, really well set up. I think there's a lot of emphasis these days, obviously, in a modern modern game of football in, you know, getting on the ball, attacking, play, but sometimes, you know, Defensively, you've just got to be solid. Um, I must admit, first sort of 15 20 minutes, I was a little bit disappointed with it. I thought the win at QPR um, might have galvanized us and, and we'd come out and really got out Swansea to try and, um, you know, try and pick up that back to back win. I know for Ringham mentioned that we'd, we'd not had that, so I thought his game plan might have been slightly more aggressive. However, you know, when you take a step back from, from everything, I think the the way that we set were probably right. Swansea tend to dominate possession in pretty much every single match. I think they had about 70% yesterday, which is pretty normal for Swansea. Um, so I think we just kind of sat back, on, tried to contain them the best we could and, and hope to, to hit them on the break, which when you play Jordan Rhodes up front by himself is probably not ever going to happen, let's be honest. Um, I thought it looked a lot better when, when Ward came on and then Diara as well, a little bit more pace. Going forward to that back end, uh, obviously the game a little bit more stretched as Swansea were trying to get that winner and I thought we did really well there were not many moments when I thought you know they were in I know the Barsbrook post didn't they um, that was a save that that was an absolutely stunning yeah, save, save that yeah, one, stunning save I thought it were in I thought that were in but yeah I mean as, a, as you say as a spectacle as a as a let's pay 20 odd quid to go watch football if you had it done you wouldn't have been good <laughs> yeah. again uh, but as a fan you know, you've got your you've got your three points down at QPR, and and that probably changed it a little bit. I'd imagine we get, we already probably had this sort of system in mind against Swansea, but kind of really cemented that. Let let's make this a not lose game rather than a we need to win because we've got the win at QPR. So getting a point at home to Swansea suddenly is not a bad result if you take games in in blocks. Which sometimes you've got to, you know, as an isolation result, you know, and a performance. You, you, if you just took this game and that, you'd be sort of saying. A bit pathetic, really, but when you look at it after Sunderland, if if you'd have said four points from QPR and Swansea at home, I can't imagine that any town fans would have turned that down. So, you know, you've got to you've got to take and you build you build your points total up over the course of the season. And I think when you're a team like Town, you've really got to target games where you can 
play expansive football and, and try and win. And on Saturday probably weren't one of them. And if we had done that, we, we know we could have ended up getting beat. So that's off to Mark Fotheringham there. He's obviously spent a lot of time, the well-drilled um, in defence. As you say, Mark covering the spaces really well. Swansea very rarely threatened properly. Um you know, so yeah, sometimes you've just got to credit a defensive performance. It's a tactic input as well. You know, historically teams have done really well playing like that. You've had, you know, Mourinho's Chelsea, for example, Arsenal back in the day, you used to get a goal and just sit back and defend. And, you know, if you can make it work, then who's to say it's wrong? Not me. I'm, I'm happy with the point. I suppose because um, on the ball is where town sort of fall down a little bit at the minute, don't they? And obviously not the most entertaining game for you, seeing as though you you were up there, weren't you, swilling round in the uh, in the beer at the bottom of a glass. Um tell us tell us your thoughts on it, mate, and anything you want to bring up from Yeah, the I think we're really we'll interesting on. to me, yeah, because we, we talk about the fan behaviour and we were we discussed it at length last week and I know there were a few pot shots coming our way, weren't they saying, oh, you know, we were blaming the fans for for stuff and that as well. But I've got to credit the fans yesterday because it's not often a team has 19% possession and okay with the infamous uh, Man United one, they want that 90%, but this one in the second half. 24. And the fan, the fan, I don't think it was really weird. The fans seem to just tune into after 20 minutes, like this is how it's going to be. Or in fact, maybe even earlier than that. And I, I quipped to a guy says, Oh, did, did uh, we beat Forest in the end and we're back in the Premier League here uh, playing at home? Uh, <laughs> or, or is this just an imagination or the beer kicking him? Because he just felt like one of those games, Matt. But I mean, I don't, obviously, I, you know, it's horses for courses and I don't know how many times we get away with 90% possession playing at home and like Paz said, people played, you know, good money to, to get in there. But I thought it was fascinating how the crowd uh, just kind of tune into it. And if I, I remember some games last year, I mean, even the Luton playoff game when I were on that gantry doing that thing, people was criticising, you sort of remember John Russell getting slaughtered for not getting it forward. And this was like a playoff semi-final and here we were barely getting it forward, but yet, Unless obviously I was missing something, there was no like animosity from the crowd, and people kind of just bought into it really, and that as well. It's, I mean, I checked again today. Swansea stats, I think they're five without a win now, so it's not as if they were in good form. And Pat Smith coming into the game thought, okay, with limited firepower, what could we do? And yeah, not not a lot. I thought Sober Thomas was uh, like a few players I've seen this week, and to be fair. Uh, just not wanting to get injured, I think, for the World Cup. Uh, yeah. So limited to go forward. I was astonished looking at some of these ratings on the sofa, Scott. He was one of our better players, according to the weather force. So don't get that. But yeah, I think what I like about what we're like at the moment, it's not great to watch, but there is, you know, like when it, someone said, I, I again, I love having these ding-dongs with people. I'll probably get knocked out one day. But someone says, I can't see what Matt Fotheringham's brought to the Seal Town yet. And I thought, that's bollocks. Because... We're miles more organised and harder to beat. And I, I've noticed a lot of these, you know, press conferences with the opposition manager before. I'm a bit of a bad job. I read what they say and stuff like that as well. There, you know, the shoulder bottom, but we'll be getting a tough game. They're very hard to break down, and we are, uh, which is really good. I think we, I think we all know our, uh, you know, kind of de- default demons. And I went on Radio Leeds just for a change at the uh, the end of the game and mentioned that that that's the only worry for me because the fourth is is. He's right, you know, it makes me laugh every other press conference. You know, we had six first choice players out, we had nine, we'll be up to about 15 uh, if we had a game next week. But I don't like I would only argue, that. mate, that we've, we've got Tino, who, you know, it, obviously hit and miss. And you it's really a game changer, though, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, the guy who's 
karaoke song I destroyed uh, last night in one of the bars in Huddersfield, Patrick Jones. Uh, but raw, you can't expect any show. So that's my big worry, Matt. I don't. I think we're solid. I think we've got that quality. I think we can go may, maybe even to God. This will probably get battered at Bramall Lane now, but I think we can go there and and show some good resolution. But it's at the other end of the field, and I think it's glaringly obvious. But Matt Glennon come back to me, and he's fair enough because yeah, we're not we're not creating. It's, it is almost like Premier League at the moment because. We either creating anything, and when the strikers do get something, some scraps, they've got to score, like last week, you know, with uh, Bredoni. And yesterday, you know, it ended up, uh, you know, being you know, crucial. So Matt Glennon came back and we said, we are creating chances. Chances, yeah, maybe two in a game or whatever, but but it's but it's fair point, isn't it? And we're just not taking them, and it does. When He just made me laugh today when you were, I know it's totally different at the top, and Vincent Company's got like, um, you know, probably a bit more of a, a war chest, as they say, than us. But their service, I mean, the ball in for Ashley Barnes's goal, it was just sensational. We've got, you know, we, we've got a Thomas so who can do that now and again, but we haven't, our strikers would thrive on something like that. We're just begging to be put in. We don't have enough of that. But I've kind of took, covered billions of points like I normally do. But I think, <laughs> I think just to kind of close, yeah, I, uh, it was interesting how the fans just seized it. And even at the end of the game, it were like people were satisfied for the point. But I think, like you said, Posit was all about, Tuesday, and I know it's the only four points out of six, but the only worry is that, well, we'll come back after the games, uh, it's Watford and Sheffield United, and they're, they've got firepower galore, haven't they, and that as well, so it does worry me, but but I just feel coming into the break, we're, we're in a, a decent place, really, even though we're bottom, it'd be really weird for someone to understand this thing, well, hang on, this bald idiot, they're the bottom of the league, they're four points off safety, but <laughs> I feel we've made some good progress, Matt, in the last... Uh, in the last month or so, and uh, I don't know. Do you know what it is, Cosy? It's the scaffolding. Alcohol. <laughs> yeah, it is. Scaffolding. It's the scaffolding, is what it is. He's, he has put a decent defensive structure in place. I don't think anyone can deny that. We're conceding far less goals now than we were. Uh, and he's doing it with without Nakayama, without Matty Pearson, you know, without some players, you know, some, some decent players. And fair play, but we are really blunt going forward. And we were at points last season, weren't we? It was just the set-piece mm. magic, wasn't it, which changed a lot of games. And this season, we're just not quite as quite as on point, are we, with a lot of the set-pieces, I think. We don't get enough shots on Matt, though. Enough shots no. Off. Well, I don't think we have for a long time, have we? I don't no, think we've ever been really affluent with the, no. with the old like, shooting. Like, Kazumu's a good example where, again, I know I get what his role is in the team, but... I think we just mentioned it a little bit last week, but you know, have a go, man. You know, surely that that that's that's the thing. We we do try and kind of you know walk it in, but yeah, I'm I'm more optimistic now than than obviously the QPR. But isn't football bizarre? Thirty six shots I get they want on target, but and yet we burgle that game like we do with keepers standing on his head. But it is, uh, yeah, it's God, it's it is interesting times really, but. The worry on the other side, Matt, I've got to be honest, is, you know, I mentioned Coventry last night and Brady were like, because have you looked at the table any time soon? Then they're going for playoffs. And They've got, you know, oh, they've got something like 21 <laughs> of the yeah, last 29 Michael points Kallick's or something. got Middlesbrough uh, rocking and rolling. Remember, come on the other week, said, God, how bad were West Brom against Sheffield United? Carlos has got a couple of wins in the bag, mate. We aren't. And uh, yeah, OK, we've got four points, but I'm looking around now. Yeah, Blackpool are free fall and you're up in Wigan's problems off the pitch kind of carry on and fester in but I, I'm I mean it's a long way to go in and there'll probably be a team that drops like they does every, every we are, time we are hoping someone else is shitter than us aren't we yeah and, that's, and, that's and Redding, I, I saw Redding dropping I saw Redding dropping I thought oh here we go 
and then they turned it around and won on Saturday yeah, as well. That's so the it's, it's like, less oh, and less teams, I think, yeah. that now that we can overtake. And I know it's obvious thing to say. When and Rotherham, bottom, Rotherham are picking up points as yeah. well. It's, the big thing is, Matt, and, yeah. and, and Chicken touched on it in his five things again. It, there's going to be no margin for edit. We can get away with like yesterday, you know, get play for a draw and get that draw. But there's going to be no more Rotherham over Christmas. Monumental oh, game it? of football. Got to oh, win. That's the problem now. Oh, We've got it? to win. And, and can we win? This pressure's going to be huge then. That, that's your only worry, I think. It's well. How many games have we played? About 20 or so, haven't we? I haven't looked at the table. I don't dare look at the table again. 19, 20. Yeah. I don't want to look at it again. Um, but I do know we're a couple of points off 23rd, aren't we? But not cut adrift, which is interesting, which is good. Yeah. It's just... Uh, well, let's talk about the QPR. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll read out some of the comments about uh, the Swansea game and then we'll we'll go into the QPR game where the, the Ruffalo soldier had an incredible few minutes, didn't he? Um, Oliver Barnes says, Good evening. I missed the game. Was watching Hertha Berlin. Incredible atmosphere. Nine euros and proper areas for food and beer. Maybe we could learn something. Do you reckon people of Huddersfield, if there were proper food and beer areas, would stay and actually... Utilize them, or do you reckon they'd go home or go to the pub because it'd be too expensive? Interesting no, one, that Matt. It's a culture thing, isn't it? That it's not just yeah. Because I, I think the cultures we we're on about this the other week. Where I think the cultures a bit. It's when a I bit turn Berlin, up, turn up, bugger off, kind yeah. of thing, isn't it? There's in England, people come in at five past kickoff. You know, when I went to Berlin, there's you go through a turnstile before you get into the ground, so you go in, and then there's like food, as he's describing, basically food and beer, and then you actually go into the stadium. So I think it's a. And then that all have been going on for years. I think, like, you know. Like Man City. Like, Is it like Man City. A little bit like that. A bit like Brighton. You know, where you can go in and you can be there a bit before and a bit after. But I think culturally, I think it'd take many years for that to change. I think the big problem with them two players, well, it was not a problem, but Brighton's, you know, miles away anyway. from the centre. So you've got to get there. The Man City is absolutely piss all there around the air. You had to do with that as well, where Huddersfield Vulcan's just like 10 minutes away. Yorkshire Rose is quarter of an hour away or whatever so there's a lot there's a lot of, above uh, you know and there's well and Vulcan when it's selling three pound a pint and three bottles for six quid I'm sorry people ain't going to pay 440 470 for a, a town lager for, you know before the game in, in a plastic glass what, so, if you're doing Vulcan I would is that drunk in here just absolutely <laughs> floats through the air doesn't it cause you down to the yeah. stadium we'll get that again we'll get that <laughs> the cable cars, the classic. Uh, let's let's read these on. Um, Oliver Bans says, "Don't sound like I missed too much, but four points in the last two will do nicely." John Shaw says, "Very difficult watch in terms of entertainment, but we have to do whatever it is to stay up. Relegation would be a disaster." Uh, Terrier seven n two. Evening gents, thought we were too soft versus Swansea. They were there for the taking. I did hundred percent agree with Cosy's comments on Radio Leeds after the game. Not sure of the injured. Not sure out of the injured players who will make much of a difference. Uh, Chris Watson says, good point, clean sheet, but only slight niggling feeling is still a couple of points adrift, knowing that we have Sheffield United away first when we come back after the World Cup, and then Watford at home. Uh, El Bubio says, I think Fotheringham got it wrong on Saturday. We did not need five defenders on against Joel Pedro. Uh, as soon as we changed to four at the back, we created a few chances. Um, and then Terra 7 and 2 says, you really need to point the finger at the recruitment regarding striker in the summer. Uh, Cameron Fry says, good to see Nichols back at his best. A few incredible saves, gave the defence a lot of confidence. Uh, Phil would come more if there was food, says JF. I think Phil Senior would definitely be more if there was food, <laughs> wasn't he? Um, John Shaw says, Cozzy, the teams you mentioned, Borough, West Brom, have good squads. 
Put simply, ours is much weaker. It might take 50 plus points to avoid relegation yeah. this time. Just, I don't know if that's a telling off or a point he's making there. But yeah. there we go. Thanks, guys. Because people uh, are saying that. I mean, he's banging on about Mighty Pearson, but we're solid enough. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it'd be better. But, you know, Will Ball's done. I could. These guys are, you know, we're keeping clean sheets now, by and large, aren't we? And, and looking solid. So why should these make much more of a difference and stuff? Even Johnny Ogg, mate, who everyone going on about. It, we've got defensive midfields coming out. Have us ears, aren't we? Ah, I just think I think people... Hoggy, I think Hoggy might drive us on a little bit more when 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 we're a little bit guilty of sitting in. Sometimes I think Hoggy will be trying to get us out more and get us further up the field, not by not by his <laughs> passing or his dribbling or anything, but just by his using his mouth and his uh, leadership. Or yeah, and having a go at people. That's what is <laughs> best, isn't it? <laughs> uh, QPR one, Huddersfield Town two. Well, who saw this one coming, eh? Uh, Wardy missed a great chance didn't he after 30 seconds and QPR go down the other end and score and you sat there thinking oh this is going to be a long night aren't you we're going to take a bit of a hammering because that was the first goal QPR had scored for I think it was four games um, and then again Will Boyle and Hellick absolutely excellent and then when they have a have a moment where they can't get to something Lee Nichols is there pulling us out again with uh, for my for my money two really good saves um, pause defensive stats again you're going to love this. Um, Will Boyle, 12 clearances, three block shots, two right hooks to the back of Lyndon Dykes's head. Carl um, Hellick, 10 clearances, five block shots. And I think this is testament to how hard the whole team really pitched in and defended. And I think this is a real... And when Cosy goes on about what Mark Fotherham's brought to the club compared to maybe Danny Schofield, what I think is really interesting is that nine different players have all thrown themselves in front of a shot to block it. And, you know, you can see that they're all fighting and really defend, you know, defending for their lives, if you like. Um, and under Schofield, you kind of felt, or earlier on in the season, maybe it wasn't so much a Schofield thing, that that wasn't really happening. You know, players weren't throwing themselves in and you weren't getting 100% out of them. But I think the last two games in particular, there's, there's been a response from my misery of last week where we'd lost a couple of games and we've got the four points and it's all down to how hard they've defended and how, you know, they've put the bodies on the line and, you know, they've got the rewards and a last word for me on QPR has to be for Josh Russell's um, defensively. I thought he had a few, few struggles. There was that little turn wasn't there where there was no one around him and he lost it and they almost came in. But those two goals were absolutely top class. You know, the, the second one in particular is meant that, He's absolutely <laughs> meant that. And that is straight out of the Zlatan Ibrahimovic school of innovation, isn't it? You know, what he's done there. You can, you know, he's taken it on his knee and he's just thought, do you know what? I'm going to have a go here. And he's, he's stuck it over the keeper and in it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant finish. And the first one as well, he's absolutely razzed that in the top corner, hasn't he? That's a striker's finish. Both really, really top class finishes from a left back who hasn't really spent much time in the opposition box, Pause. No, mate, it were, it were great to see. And I think what you saw at QPR fed into what we saw against Swansea about that team, that team work ethic. I mean, I can't imagine Mark Fotheringham is um, a fan of somebody not putting the body on the line, shall we say. You know, if the ball's there, we won and you're not doing it, he'll probably clatter you, let alone, you know. So you might as well be doing it on pitch. And I think that feeds into what Cosy was saying about the fans on Saturday. I think... We'll just feel town and one all fans like it when the clubs try, but even more so at town. We seem to have that really kind of small town grit about us, northern grit, that if everyone's running through brick walls and putting their bodies on the line, that the performance really in 
he's kind of secondary to that. And I think that's why fans stuck with him so long on Saturday because they could see that that effort and that desire. I must admit, I were I were a little bit surprised of of how long, certainly second half, you know, in in Cowshed behind goal, the, the fans really stuck with him. And that must be brilliant as a player to know that you're bottom of the league and you know not going through the greatest of times. The club as a whole, not just you know not just the team on the pitch, but the club as a whole seems to be a little bit of disarray. But if the fans are with you, that must give you that little bit of extra, you know, that little desire to to throw yourself in front of the ball there before you might not, because you know it's going to be appreciated. Um, I watched it with Neil, you know, former Takes That Chance podcaster Neil, um, and we were sat watching it, and he. About 20 minutes in, um, you know, they, that Willock kept cutting inside and he scuffed a couple and tried to curl a couple in and you could see it frustrating building and he kind of sort of said, you know, it might just be one of them nights tonight where they try everything and anything and it happens in football, doesn't it? We've had plenty of cells and we've been involved in plenty where no matter what you do, the ball will just not go in. I think one fell out to, is it chair or chair or someone like that? And he kind of, you know, 16 yards out, tries to take leather off the ball and miss kicks it. You know, nine times out of ten it connects with that it flies in top corner. It just had that feel about it that we were we were kind of always going to win that match. And um I think that's a testament to the players to to go from, as you say, my early season, kind of a bit lacklustre, taking a lot of criticism. Um, you know, Bozzer's come in and he's he's given him a rocket over the ass really. And it's it's clear to see that that's what he wants, and, and players that aren't doing that aren't playing. You know, he's bringing through youth, t- youth team players like there's no tomorrow because they'll be the hungry ones in the squad. They want to go out there and they've got something to prove. And you know, when you're in a relegation fight, I'm sorry, but that's that's what you need. You need. There's no point having a load of quality on pitch if they're not going to do that. You know, lesser players who put the effort in will get you out of a relegation fight rather than better players that won't. So. I thought we were excellent at QPR. Well, I thought we were excellent. We didn't really have any at all, did we, to do what with? But when we when we had to the set pieces, the goals, both quality. And again, mate, like you say, a defensive masterclass, really, in how to defend. So, again, you, yeah, you, you might think it was boring or, you know, we've got no going forward, but it, it does only take those set pieces, really, doesn't it? I know there's a bigger concern that that can't happen every week and, you know, Swansea game kind of proved that if we'd have had maybe a better striker, we could have been two points better off. And there'd be a lot more games like that. And, and long term, it is a concern of mine. And, you know, I was talking to, to Chicken on Twitter on Saturday night, sort of saying, you know, isolation again, two good results. But long term, I still really am concerned. However, if you're not letting any in, you've, you've kind of always got that chance going forward. And, you know, because he jokes about Mike Pearson coming back, you know, what's it going to do? But, Offensively rather than defensively, he, he could make the difference. I know that sounds really stupid, but we're keeping clean sheets and he gets a couple from set pieces like we were doing last year. All of a sudden, them nil nils turn to one nils and you know, he starts to move up table. Cosy, I know you look a little bit like David Speedy of days gone by, but if you are a striker, how would you like to face up against the centre back pairing of Mikhail Helic and Will Boyle? Because they were absolute animals, weren't they, on Tuesday night? And they they're making a huge. They they both made a huge difference, haven't they? The last couple of games. I think Will Boyle in particular. He was not seen as a joke figure, but he was seen as a, a poor signing. Um, people were very critical of it, and then he's come in the last week and maybe he's shown that he's not a sub to bring on because he needs to get into the you know the speed of the game. But you know he's he's come into the side, hasn't he? Two games. That tackle at Blackburn was phenomenal. You know where he came across on. I think it was Brereton Diaz, uh, and then he's followed it up on Tuesday night by absolutely 
knocking Lyndon Dykes all and Lyndon Dykes knocks players all over the pitch, doesn't he? Every week, but Will Boyle went absolutely having none of it. You know, he, he was proper up for that scrap, um, and it was an interesting one to see. And, and Helic as well is he's, he's not got into the the Poland squad as he, but and he's quite ungainly at times. But his his head didn't drop against Swansea, and he was decent again on Tuesday. And you've got a chance in games, haven't you? When you've got centre backs like that giving everything and, and putting themselves on the line. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I remember the, obviously we talked about the Blackbird Challenge last week and that's all. Just a big shame that, uh, again, uh, he must have been good as, as anyone, but obviously Will Ball not involved yesterday, uh, not not well. So just for, it must be frustrating for him, just kind of gets in the team, gets a couple of games and, and he's not involved yesterday, but good. Yeah, Helly Cavard have a, have a love-hate relationship, but I, I, there's times I've kind of felt, you know, for the for the hype and, and what we as the fans said we were getting, but like you've said a few times, Matt, maybe you know he's not fit and and he's just getting stronger and fitter and used to us every week. So yeah, absolutely fantastic. I mean, what a coupon buster! I think that you sent something on our internal communications channel, Matt, saying that QPR were the were the best back team in Europe or something ridiculous on that on Tuesday night. And um, uh, I, th- I don't think it was me. I think it was Pos maybe or John yeah, yeah, you, Pos, and, uh, yeah. Bookies will be happy. An absolute coupon buster. This is why we love football, mate. It makes a lot of no sense. And, and after last, I thought we played well at Blackburn, but who would have thought, especially when Dykes scores? I, I was uh, very kind of miles away from the game. I was at Scarborough and I had my uh, notifications turned to be watched. So it's like 7.48 and all of a sudden there's a flashes <laughs> up and I see QPR. Honestly, guys, that, I'd, because I turned my notifications up at like, 20 past nine, I just did not want to get a buzz on my watch. Like, honestly, and it, and it went past 20 to 10, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, what has happened here? And then I thought it, it happened. It's like one of those horrible moments where you're just kind of like... Um, Slowly. Yeah. yeah. And, final and score, time, incredible. <laughs> and, and then, obviously, you get your back fill it and hear about Lee Nichols being sensational. and then, But, but you're going to get some games like that now and again where it just kind of makes no sense and... And that was one of them. But I was just so chuffed. I think, did we take 507 fans uh, down there? I, they, they, honestly, they are the creme de la creme, man. They, them people there on a Tuesday night. I get uh, you talk, you talk about Ollie Fisher there. He was at the game, wasn't he, with his Stone Island yeah. gear on. So I'm not Incredible, sure. mate. Anyone can watch a winning team, but it takes some co- proper balls to click through your turnstile at £36 a, a, a time in a cost of living crisis when... You, everyone's pretty much yeah. come up an eye follow or, or red button or whatever it were on and that as well. Yeah, you got to give it to people so, like Maureen and Chris Green. Chris Green always goes, doesn't yeah. he? You see Chris that was my first thoughts, mate. Not well. about Fog or, you know, Ruffles yeah. as goals. I was just like, them guys at the top. And you know what? I was going to be there. I had the, the Tuesday and Wednesday off. I couldn't find an hotel any cheaper than 150 quid and I just didn't fancy the there and back on the day. So, and, and party thinks, oh, bloody hell, I'd have you know, love to have been there. So, I mean, the fact that they've kind of done that, I just think it's brilliant. Honestly, we, it makes me mad sometimes. Everyone will join them Facebook groups where with days and all this lot, and you get people taking a piss with emojis where there's, you know, 90 Harrogate at, at Walsall or something like that as well. Oh, yeah. People have never clicked through a turnstile app. I'm talking absolutely out, out of the backside. So, yeah, my... Yeah, I, hate uh, shit. I hate that. It's like shaming, like, the smaller clubs, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Shit, man, yeah. As well, just, but, yeah. Just part so, of the bellendry of the football Twitter, isn't it? Sensational uh, victory and, yeah, just just out of nowhere. I think it's give everyone a, as Mel Booth used to put back in the day, everyone a Philip, hasn't it? And, uh, 
A Philip Billing. Yeah, just a shame we couldn't get the three yesterday. But uh, Lee Oates was there, so we have to give Lee Oates credit. He's uh, he's in the chat. Yeah. Here. Can see the Honestly, well. just, just brilliant. Yeah. I, I I got tickets for the original game, but obviously they, it uh, it got called off. But um, still had a decent weekend in London. It's 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 great in it, London when you go down. This you can have some great away days if you go for the weekend. Even if you do it family or with the lads and stuff. There's there's all sorts, isn't there, to do in London? Yeah, I watched so. that Fulham game a bit today, and I thought that that is one of the trips that Fulham on it. Especially get oh, the pubs, the, the fan, yeah, Putney Bridge, and have you when you're in Blue, the pubs yeah. and stuff. It's decent in it. Yeah, it's a it's a belter is Fulham. There's not uh, much difference between when you, when you get down there and north now, is there? Although, did you go to that? Did you go to that Fulham game where it was a torrential downpour? It's about 2014, 15, around there. I think Powell was manager. We lost three one. And Joel Lynch. Joe, scored. Um, Joe Lynch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, coming out afterwards, the uh, the park yeah, behind flooded, and literally you're in like a queue of human traffic, just kind of like one by one, just sort of like like little penguins, you know, at the side, like he's trying to get around all, all the puddles. Football, but you know, things we love. A funny, old, a funny old game, Matt, because the QPR right, Beal uh, obviously they thought he were gone. They lost to West Brom, Carlos, who garbage. They've lost to us. They've lost to Coventry, and all of a sudden, you don't know what he's doing, and this, that, and the other. Honestly, mate, football is a. And then you know, people were like, oh, "Property is." I mean, and he would credit to him, mate. He said that we deserved it, which anyone looking at them, that, stats, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah would think yeah. how the hell. But he were more fed up at his own. And you know what? He were really honest in one because he said, "He said we know what others feel that about, and we just, you know, we took that lead, and I, I were looking kind of to see how our players are tuned in. It's almost like we thought we'd won the game, and." Uh, yeah, he was he really good, mate. I uh, I was impressed with him. I know he's always... And they always seem to have some kind of left-field coaches down there, didn't they? He, you know, QPR and... Uh, Holloway. Yeah, that <laughs> one button and that as well. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a massive, massive win. And first away win of the season. Let's hope yeah. we don't leave it as long for the next one, eh? Absolutely. Let's uh, let's get to your comments in the, uh, in the chat here. Uh, where shall we start? We'll start with... Terry 7 and 2 says the QPR game showed that the players are playing for the shirt and trying going one down early it's, uh, going one down so early usually heads drop etc I think that's a good point and we covered that didn't we a little bit with uh, the really going all out and putting the bodies <coughs> on the line uh, JF says didn't go to QPR uh, but all fans I know who did said we were better against Sunderland and Blackburn but true grit versus hoops uh, El Bubio says uh, he's talking about whether you play Tino up front instead of Rhodes or Ward uh, Quick straw poll. Yes, no, Tino up front. It did, did, did it when he ran loan at Moscow, didn't he? A little bit. I'm going to say no. Um, yes or no, pause. Probably no. I think like we're, him just behind. Yeah, look at Cosy's face. That's a definite no, isn't it? Um, so, <laughs> move on. No, I'm just watching this Portuguese game. It's like big brawl and everyone's come on pitch and that. This is what... You're not giving your full attention to the pod again, Cosy. Is this what you're saying? I can see I can see he's watching football in his glasses. You know, he, <laughs> he sat there and you can see the game and his glasses always reflects, doesn't it? You can see the La Liga highlights sometimes in because glasses. Yeah, I mean, that one, uh, know, well, we're getting shut down, won't we, for illegal streaming? But uh El Bubio says uh, QPR was a good away performance, frustrated them, kept it tight, relied on our superb keeper a few times, happy to play like that away from home. Jonathan Gillespie, where is that shit house? Uh, it says, thought it was important that we came back from going one down, especially directly after a town chance again. It's another first for this season, chalked off and clear. Upward trends are now being seen. Uh, Terry, seven, two, six, three games and transfer window opens. Got to... Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? 
Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Sign a striker. Uh, Johnny Goggs says, Evening, lads. I went to QPR on Tuesday. Battling performance and brace from Ruffolino. Particular highlight was Will Boyle. Uh, starting on a whole stand of whole fans 10 minutes in. I'm going to like Will Boyle. He's honestly, he's, he's a proper he's shit right, out, get, isn't he? He's so tight in it there when you're warming up and stuff. You can almost sit in the seats when you do. Said at the start of the season, when Will Boyle speaks, you can see why Lee Bromby would have been attracted to sort of bringing him in, you know, with the, with his sort of personality. Yeah. And, and you know you what, though, see, Maybe he, he lacks well, sometimes. Like. Yeah. Go on, he, did say in his interview, he, he did say in his interview that he knew he had to win the fans over and he, and he knew they were doubting Thomas was there and that as well. And yeah, it's probably still got a little bit to go, but like you said, it's almost like a bit of a comedy fix. almost like we saw how bad us feel there. We signed kind of Will Boyle. And, you know, it's really weird as people talk about It's almost like Nabisar. Where, you know, he it, was a, com- Nabisar, it was a little bit of a comedy figure, wasn't it, for a bit? Yeah. I think that was one of the big issues of it, Matt, really. People compared him to Nabisar. Nabisar was a big crowd favourite, wasn't he? And I think a lot of people were good yeah. to see him go, but... Again, it's a, it's kind of to fire into Will Boyle. It's not his fault, mate, is it? And yeah, it's good to see him shutting a few people up now. Yeah, us included, no doubt. Um, also, uh, top comments by Paws. No shame in being very good at defending, says Jay. Um, say that and then Dean Smith. What did you say then? He says Paws is a shit house. No, he didn't really. He says top comments thinking. by Paws. No shame in being good at defending, is what he said. Just clip, you know, the clip that we do that you want me to pick out that. Just that bit. Oh, is it to you? Is it all about you? Is it just that, mate? That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, And the last one is Dean Smith says, I don't understand why pre match Fotheringham was so confident that they would win on Saturday, but then named the most negative team he could. He's starting to make himself look a bit silly. I mean, it is. I mean, mean, it does does these things, but it is mind games. Yeah, it's because everybody, the analysts and all sorts, watched out. They're looking for clues and, and. they just send out all sorts of nonsense, don't they? It's like, you did say we'd win and all, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he probably does actually believe it, to be fair. Although, to be fair, on another day, you know, Danny Ward sticks that in and we win the game, <laughs> you know? don't we? And, you know, I think, I think, guys, that should lead us on to a new feature that I've got lined up. Shall we go for it? I'm excited. Let's go for it. Listen. Tell me about it, Pop. Scaffolding in the back. The animal here to be these players' is friend. The Clarity to how we play. And he's your credit to his family. Listen. Okay, so welcome to uh, Fozzy Bingo. So this is a, a new feature I'm bringing in, and we'll see how this goes. But I thought what we could do 
I would ask a couple of questions to you two, uh, just one each. Uh, and then what we could do is we could build a Fozzie Bingo card and we may, might be able to tweet it out at some point. So if Mark Fotheringham, in the very, very unlikely event that Mark Fotheringham does listen to this podcast, uh, <laughs> remember, Mark, this is all about love. It's all, uh, it's all a joke. Don't worry about it. We do like you. <laughs> so I think we'll go. Who wants to go first? I think you should rock, paper, scissors to go see who goes first. Go on, get your hands up in front of the screen. Right. On three, you ready? One, two, three. Cosy's not doing it, so I'll go. Cosy's gone rock and you've gone scissors, so Cosy wins. You can go first. Um, Cosy. I know, but his, his hand's in a rock shape. Look, he's too busy watching Portuguese second division football, isn't he? Cosy, in the Swansea press conferences, in the Swansea press conference before the game, which two players were a credit to their families? Oh, God. Tom Lees? No. Etienne Kamara? No. This is going well, this new feature, isn't it? <laughs> Pause. I'll throw it over. Uh, I'm going to go with Ruffles, just because he probably talked about him a bit. I can't remember no. listening to it, actually. Uh, I thought this would be a good idea because Cosy did listen to it and he was chatting constantly about it weren't he, before the game. I thought Cosy's obviously. He said that about everybody. He yeah, he does. But he said this. He said this in particular because uh, of a certain competition. Tom Lee's. No, right. So I gave you both two. So he said this about in this particular press conference about Sorba Thomas and Mikhail Helic because of the. Uh, the World Cup coming up. Uh, Sauber Thomas, obviously, because he got called up, and Mikhail Helic because he got to the Polish squad. Yeah. <laughs> right, one for you, Pause. On another day, how many games could we have won since Matt Fotheringham has been in charge? So how many times has he said this in his post-match press conference? Not all of them, probably. We could be top of the league on another day. Uh, I'm going to go with... How many has he been here for now? Not giving you any clues. <sighs> Thought he might, thought he might slip up there. I'm going to say four. Seven. Is Seven. The <laughs> so, <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> Fozzy Bingo. That's, that's Fozzy Bingo. So I thought we could maybe make a a, a little card from his uh, buzzwords. So I've got a couple. <laughs> so go on, pause. You can go with uh, what, and we'll we'll throw this out to everybody listening and going, what the hell is going on? Um, give us some. Fuzzy bingo buzzwords. Yeah, for the card. I've got clarity is one I've got. Clarity. Great boy. This is a great boy. It's a great boy. Great boy. I've got scaffolding, yep, further down. I've got on another day, obviously. Um, credit to his family. Guys. The, tra- the training. Listen, listen. The Matty Pearsons. Yeah. Guys, Matt listen. That word, yeah. What's that? So, sorry. Well, the, Matty list, the Matty Pearsons. Yeah. Uh, and then I've also got folding I, towels. Hard team nice. to beat as well. That uh what does it say? Well, we're good at when we get one back, we're gonna be a <laughs> different animal, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what we can do is that Alfie guy that comes on the end of pressers. It's always he likes him, modern, isn't it? Always uh really Always yeah. Well, I think I think uh, radio leads pay to be first, don't they? So they'll always be first with radio right. leads, and then chicken obviously as the 
the journal, and then it's the shit houses like us. If we wanted to go on there, we'd be yeah, right at the book. Right yeah. yeah, Can we have? Um, I don't like to talk about injuries, but I've got X <laughs> amount of injured players. <laughs> on there, yeah. <laughs> he's a legend, isn't he? I like him. It's, it's great. I love listening to him. It's fun. Yeah, it's good. So what we could do? You know what? I texted um, just whilst you're noting them down. But I think I sent a message to our, uh, as Cosley now calls it, internal communication uh, channel. That on some on Saturday, obviously there were a few people left in South Stand, and you know they're giving it for Brigham's Barbie, I mean, and all that. And honestly, we stood there with the biggest uh, smile the... <laughs> I have ever seen on anybody's face. And honestly, it was loving life, and it was almost like it, it was a surreal moment. That is somehow managed to become a first team manager at a football club and fans <laughs> chatting his name. I can imagine him like that's all he's ever wanted in life. And he's stood in his like he's nodding his head and he's smiling, he's beating his, his you know, pressing <laughs> badge and keeping his chin open. He's like, it was just incredible. And, you know, when you see moments like that, though, you just think, I want to do well now just for this guy. Not I want to do well for just town, but this guy, man, he, he loves what he's doing at the moment. And, We've got to stick with him. And, he's and into just, it. He's into it. It's, it, it reminds me a lot. He's, he's very sort of like a cross between Lee Clark and Alan Partridge, isn't he, with some of the yeah, stuff he yeah. comes out with. But he's, it like it's, it's good fun. I like listening yeah. to him. He's, he's good it reminds me like a, a Peter Kay sketch. You know, it's like, it's like <laughs> is it real or is it not? You know, <laughs> but I love him. I think, the big, I love him. I think the big thing for me, if he's got last year's squad and uh, all them low like Colwell and uh, Sinani, and the Fittino and what have you and that as well then and and we're churning out 19% possession and this that and the other but he hadn't and I, I think that is why you know I like want him because the tools he's got at his disposal are League One-esque in my opinion and and yeah we can see an improvement and if you remember only a month ago you know every other day so-and-so's fighting so-and-so and so-and-so is fighting so-and-so and so-and-so is fighting so-and-so and so you're thinking Jesus Christ the people they're not warming to this guy and but that's bollocks because you look at the three, four weeks of games that we've had, and yeah, there's the lack of quality scare and obvious at times, glaring and nervous. But you can't argue with that players. Like you say, Matt, how many times he like just slinging himself in front of a ball and will boil at doing that? And the youngsters are giving it a go. It, it's good, mate, and that's all. But what it'll keep us in the division, the only time's going to tell. But he does uh, kind of excite me if he can get some of his own guys in. The big question is, and I suppose we'll maybe chat. Maybe we do a pod in the the, the World Cup break, ch- chatting, or maybe is this to talk about it now? But he's Dean Oil. He wanting to get out, and he's going to put minimal, you know, because Father him has said in his presses that, you know, they've looked at January and they've talked about who he wants and stuff like that as well. So, you know, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because we all know what we need. I think in uh, can we get it? That's a pod on its own, that, isn't it? That's quite a discussion yeah. that, but. Yeah, I like I like to say because I think because the, what is working with and the, the kind of the results that he's getting, what's the performances, but the results that are fantastic to warm to him. And I think you called it right, Matt. You know, there were there were stories of of Agro on training ground, but I think he liked that. I I agree. You know, after you said that, I've started thinking about it a little bit more. And if someone's not doing something, and somebody walked over and bollocks him and chins him for it. Then I think he'd be like, Do you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Can get him, get him. You know, he's not doing what he should be doing. Get him chinned, we man. Get him chinned. <laughs> Maybe not for that. I think he'd like a bit. One thing though, Matt, that you know, I, I can't get out of my head, and I just hope it don't cost us. But it could do. The seven games that we've wasted, wasted the preseason that could have been. Yeah. 
I know it's but the trouble is everything's great in hindsight, but I just wonder if that's going to bite us in the ass, mate. That that it does. I can't. It still nags away at me that, mate. I tell you what, we'll finish the fuzzy bingo. We had Wee Man came in from Johnny Goggs, uh, and uh, Leo says, "I'm I'm near here to make." I'm not here to make friends, but I think it's I'm not here to be the player's friends, isn't it? The uh, what he sometimes says, but that's it. That's fuzzy bingo. Maybe we'll maybe we'll revisit that. Uh, get later some on. Out let's see. Let's see who can fill them first. Get some sent out. <laughs> we'll do some fuzzy bingo cards here. Um, right. Okay. JF says pause. Nothing to do with this, but would Andy take such chance? Pause on the couch. I'll be up for a new chant pod or session at Magic Rock in the World Cup break. Pause. You always get some. Uh, Interesting messages, don't you, about possible new chants and oh, yeah, some belters, some bad ones as well. <laughs> I tell you what, though, like, to, to watch an England match might not be a bad shout if uh, we can organize that. Yeah, possible, right? So, uh, the last thing we've got to discuss, um, is essentially just a mini review of you know, it's uh, going to be a couple of weeks now until we're back for the uh, Sheffield United game. Um, chance for us to catch our breath, if you like, and get a couple of these injured players back, if not just for um, some options for Foz. Um, so Matt, let's talk about the season so far. Turbulent, um, mate. It's been what a, a turbulent. It's not been turbulent, season. mate. It's been shite, is what it has. Yeah, we're bo- it's not, we're bottom of the league. Azona wants out. We've got a new yep. uh, MD in. We've got a new manager in. This is from a team who were 90 minutes from. Uh, from Premier League, it's uh, it has been incredible, and it feels like it's been like nine months of the season gone already. And, and we've had what's it? Let me get counts like three, just nearly four months. It's we feel it feels like we've been through a lot. If if we were a family, it feels like or or a relationship, it feels like we've been divorced. We're back dating again, but we're not sure. And it is uh, yeah, it feels like with the world's it's really been turbulent, but the good news is we're only four points off getting out of the shit, and and the help's coming at hand. We, you know, the I do think this month off is going to be. Obviously, I'm I'm going to say this, but I do think this month off is going to help us big time. Uh, just hope we can, you know, get some of these new players back on the field, and you know, there's not many people. Uh, we've been hit by injuries, but I I, I don't know. It's uh, it feels like we've been on such a journey, and <laughs> but it is everything. It is what it is, Matt, isn't it, where we've it's been, been... It's been shit. Let's, let's face it, it's been shite, hasn't it? Um, we were, we're quite... We weren't... I wouldn't say we were really fancied, were we, um, to get back in the top six, but a couple of people had us sort of like seven, eight, nine, ten. On the pod, we were a bit more mid to bottom, weren't we, half kind of thing, sort of 14, me, 15, 16. Me, Paws, me, Paws Brady and uh, Neil met two weeks before the season and we were so downbeat if you'd have had a microphone there Matt we were we thought the recruitment were bad we we weren't up for the season whatsoever we were so unenthused with the appointment of the Schofield and it's not often we will get it right but uh, <laughs> it kind of uh, yeah panned out from there really yeah we'll talk about the Schofield one I think in hindsight that was just a, a bad choice wasn't it a really really bad choice the club acted relatively quickly but there's so much there's so much really there isn't there there's Carlos leaving three weeks before the start of the season is really frustrating um that's a bad time to go isn't it we, the, the turnaround was really short wasn't it because of the World Cup the season starts sooner and we were the last club in the Football League to finish their season if you like um 
so our turnaround was was very quick. You know, you had internationals, so you had Sauber Thomas, etc., barely having a break. Um, and and a lot of the things we did over pre-season were just so poor, weren't they? And, you know, we talk about Danny Schofield being appointed. Um, part of me thinks it was right to give him a go and try and seek that continuity. But the other part thinks, well, if Danny Schofield is kind of telling you he's going to rip up the playbook and do everything his own way then you kind of go all right hang on Danny what what's going on here we're, we're bringing you in to to carry on exactly what we were doing last year and and for Danny to sort of rip everything up and try play completely different and he tried to play sort of a more attacking system didn't he but we just didn't have the players for that we don't have the wage budget to bring in attacking you know attacking talent despite what Lee said at the start of the season was what in in which he said was we were here to bring in I think the quote was something along the lines of adding a the magic dust or something up front, wasn't it? With with some more sort of attacking players, and they brought in Tino, Radoni, um, and Conor Mahoney. That was about it, really, wasn't it? And Tino's had his issues, doesn't he? Glandular fever, which isn't good. Uh, Patrick Jones burst on the scene and then injured himself on in international duty. Jack Radoni's not really played ten a lot. He's had to drop down to six and eight. And I thought he did a good job at QPR in that sixth position. Fair play to Jack Radoni. Um, but the summer signings were really. It all I felt, think... wasn't it, Paul? Because uh, it just felt that Dean had come back and he was like, Do you know what? Anything that's not bolted down, we're going to shift on and we need to make. Well, no, that's probably a bit unfair, but he came in and it seemed like he was going to go, Right, we're going to sell this, 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 and this. Sauber got a new deal a little bit earlier, but Sauber's. I think if you looked at Sauber Thomas, then you would probably think we can maximize his value over the next 12 months and then he would go in 12 months. So. Um, Lewis O'Brien, Toffolo, Pippa, all went out yeah, of the window. I was going to mention and then O'Brien. all replaced by players O'Brien, that might O'Brien, be good in the future. O'Brien mm. and Toffolo were massively Honestly, huge. mate, how many times did I say last season, Lewis O'Brien is absolutely incredible in this team. The amount of work he gets to and what he carries at Huddersfield Town for people to go, oh no, Lee Nichols is miles better or so-and-so is a lot better. Bollocks, Lewis O'Brien was the absolute heartbeat of that team. And they he carried that. Though, he carried that. He carried he so much. That. I've, I've never known, uh, apart from Danny Williams, I've never known teams sell their star men to, obviously, you know... To well, Danny contract. Williams is out of contract, wasn't that, he? And, and, the biggest, and one of the biggest things I think fested it, we're on and off, you remember, you know, the, that John Percy Telegraph, like, he's fallen through, so everyone's like, yes, he's staying, and he's going, and, and the mental damage that did, I think, for the fan base was absolutely huge, yeah. Uh, for that. It was I mean, like negotiations playing out in public, wasn't it? I think the yeah, but to go to the team that, yeah, that has broke us hearts, though, it absolute killed us, mate. And I think it's just took mentally took a long time to get over that. Certainly for for the fans, especially with there. the way Forest were and how what a bunch of twats they were. You know, in pre pre player final, post player final, because they were as a as a club, they were absolute whoppers, weren't they, from start to finish? Not everyone, mate. I spoke to Oh, guys. mate, I never came across one single decent one. I'll be honest. Apart from um, Mr. Daw, he was pretty sound before. I didn't speak to him after. But I thought coming out of Wembley and them, and them being more keen and rubbing it in your face rather than going off celebrating, I just thought said quite a lot about the mentality. Of but it was a, they were, they were an absolute bunch of the, pricks. The stuff all. happening late, Matt, the, the Corbin going late, or Brian and Tuffalo going late, it didn't give us any chance to kind of do anything on that as well. And I think... Uh, we had, I mean, like when Conor Mooney was signed, I remember like Googling, like thinking, what the hell's... Because I remember him at Blackburn, but then he's like, he didn't play any games at Millwall, like pretty much from Christmas onwards. And it's like, what are we doing here and stuff? So, yeah, no wonder everybody were a bit flat. And I remember that Burnley game, just thinking, what are we about here? You know, 
I thought Burnley could have picked us off a bit more. They ended up only beating us, didn't they, by one. But, yeah, just just flat. And you want to come into a new season with energy. You would think of the promotion, obviously, different times and what have you. But signings, guys driving with air fresheners and dressing arms and what have you and stuff. And it's like the fan base were buzzing. We weren't uh, for this time. And and sometimes it can like be different because we weren't buzzing for last season, were we? And look what we ended up. But, fortunately, it kind of just, just carried on and... Yeah, it's been a mess, but the fact we've still got a chance is good, but it's, uh, yeah, you should be aiming higher than what we are. But then Dean, and then the Dean thing as well, just like recently, is uh, another big thing. There's a lot of stuff to sort out of this club, but we're, but, but the people say, Matt, I keep hearing people say, let's regroup in League One. No. Bollocks. Bollocks. No, no. No. That's the st- one of the most, honestly, that's an incredibly daft thing to say for me is that because if this football club goes down to League One, you can kiss goodbye to a decent sale for a start. You know, there's nobody's going to want a club two steps from the Premier League. Um, you can kiss goodbye to Sorba Thomas, Etienne Kamara, etc. because there's going to be such mm-hmm. such a financial void to fill when Canal Side's costing millions a year just to even open the do- open the gates. You know, you've got to cover that. You've got to, the wage bill will go from, you know, there's seven, eight million we thought it was, didn't we, last year. It'll go down to about three million in League One. It'll it'll halve. And even then, it's not going to be particularly competitive because the owner, at the current owner, is wanting out. He's not going to throw, you know, good money after bad again, is he? Is he? You know, he's he, he needs it to be at a certain level to be able to sell the club. And the reset just doesn't happen in League One. Things get worse. You know, we need to reset with a new owner um, in the championship. Otherwise, it's going to be a tricky run, I think, for this football club. Going down would be incredibly damaging for Huddersfield Town. Incredibly damaging because there's so much financially that the club would have to plug. And it can only come either through selling players, fans all buying all sorts of stuff, new investors. Um, It would be a complete mess. A complete mess if we went down. Unless... Dean Hall goes, do you know what? I'm going to get Huddersfield Town back up and then I'm going to sell. That's the only That's the only way we'd, we'd, we'd have a decent reset, but it'd be a mess. Uh, speaking of mess, our attacking options is, uh, pause, isn't particularly great. I think last year, Danny Ward and Jordan Rhodes were superb, weren't they? They, they were a real sort of shining light. They, Danny Ward's 16 goals was, was incredible, really, when you contemplate where you think where he was the previous year. He was outstanding. His work rate was outstanding. Jordan Rhodes chipped in with some really important goals. You know, the King of Huddersfield, as Mr. Kuzmala named him in the you know, after scoring against Luton. Um, you know, I remember him scoring against Barnsley as well. The goal at Middlesbrough. Jordan Rhodes was a completely different player last year after he came back from the back injury. This year, they're both they've both just kind of fallen off a a cliff, haven't they? In in terms of performances, um, jo- no one can get close to Jordan because of the defensive shape, which doesn't help him. And Danny Ward took a few injuries, didn't he, in April and hasn't quite looked the same, has he? And he's obviously playing with an ankle injury now as well. Um, I don't think it's quite as... I don't think us needing a new starting striker was quite as obvious as what a lot of people are saying now. It's obvious now, but I don't think it was quite as obvious back in the summer, pause, um, when you consider where Ward and Rhodes were. But I guess when players start getting the other side of 30 that drop-off does come at some point and you've got to be prepared for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was feeling quite positive up until this little segment. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you've got to go back through all this crap, all the crap now. 
Jesus Christ, we've just taken four points from the last game and, uh, you know, said we were starting to build and now we've just kicked the shit out of the outer cars we've just built. <laughs> I think it's worth, I think it's definitely worth talking, definitely worth mentioning that, yeah, I think we all know that going forward, we're not the, we're not the best at the moment and, uh, I think the Rhodes and Ward performances went back in the last season certainly masked, you know, the quality in that area. Um, I think I saw we scored two out of his last eleven um, that have not come from a set piece. One were an own goal and one were uh, Utah's kind of sliced cross that ended up in. Um, so it's, it's obviously a massive concern, and that area of the pitch is always the most difficult area to fill, um, especially if you're on a very very limited budget. In comparison to other teams, as as Field Town are, um, can I see that improving with who's coming back in? <clears throat> Not really. I think Tino comes in and gives you something a little bit different, but is he going to be fit, raring to go when he is back? How long will he last? He's a young lad. You can't come and pin your ropes on the loan from from the Premier League club to to get you out of this mess. It's not it's not fair on him. Um, we're just going to have to find someone. It's going to be difficult. Another loan striker, maybe. But who's going to, you know, you've got to look at where we are. If you're a, you're going to be poaching. No, you know, from League One at the top is going to want to come because they might as well just get promoted with the club that they're at. So you're probably going to have to look at either a Championship player who's not getting in or even a, a Premier League player who's sitting on bench who might want to come back end of his contract to put himself and in. The thing is, everyone's going to want a striker because mm-hmm. everybody wants strikers. Exactly. So you're competing with the rest of the league, aren't you? And when you're paying five to eight grand a week and other teams are playing 35 to 38 grand a week, you're struggling. You are really struggling. And that's why I thought it were a little bit odd that you guys discussed it last week. You know, the fans were getting at Bromby. Yeah, we've all slagged him off. Some of his choices have been ridiculous, but he's working with, you know, one hand tied behind his back, if not two hands sometimes. Um, So you can only... To cut in a phrase, you can only piss with a cocky given. And, uh, you know, at a minute, we're, we're not pissing right well, are we, with a, with a strike force? I think but, well. You're trying to dig know. yourself out of that cock analogy, aren't you? Yeah, there, I, thought, I said that, I think that sounds good and I didn't know where to go from it. But I think, I think okay. here we've got, you know, we're going to we're gonna have to try something because, as Cosy says earlier on, you, you've got games coming up, you'll be playing your, your teams that are in and around us, and those games now are, are must-win games. There's no point drawing them games anymore. You've got to win them games because if you don't win them, you end up going down. And I agree with what you say, Matt. You know, if we, if we do go down to League One, then it's going to be a struggle. You know, on one hand, I think if we're going to look to bring through the youth players, League One might be a little bit of a better level to do that. But everything that goes with going down, as you say, you lose all the inverted commas quality that we've got in, in players like Sarber Thomas. And people won't come and pay or five million for him because they'll know we're in League One. They'll know we're skinned. They'll offer to we'll have to take it. So you'll get even a, even a reduced rate on your on your better players. So yeah, but I just think I just think coming back to what we were saying earlier, we've got to we've got to get out of this. Let's look back and blame, or let's look back and we, we should have done this, we should have done that. If we're going to do that, you've got to take it right back to Premier League years because let's be honest, that's why we're in this mess now because of that second season we made ridiculously bad investments, we got wrong people in and where we are now is, is basically if you trace it back, that's that's where it started and I think we I think it's time to kind of maybe move on from that. We are where we are. 
yeah, we can discuss it. It's an interesting debate. It's been done many times, but let's look forward now. Let, let's concentrate on where we are. Let, let's get behind Mark Fodringham and let's get behind us for time and get out of this mess and then get to the summer and then see what happens because nobody can predict what's going to happen in summer. For all we know, we could end up getting taken over randomly by a billionaire from God knows where. We could sell to a consortium of local people. We could, Dean Oil could still be here. We, literally, we have no idea. You know, Baldwin talked about months to years for this sale to go through. So a lot of things are up in the air at the moment that we have very little control over as fans. And I just think, let's try and put that aside for maybe six months and just get behind the 11, 10, however many are on that field. Let's let's get behind them and, and the coaching staff and just and do what we can as fans to help get the club out of the mess that we currently find ourselves in. Yeah, I don't think I'm being dramatic, but I do genuinely think that the next six months will define, potential, or potentially could define Huddersfield Town over the next 10 years. Um, I would not because... Because it, I think if we go down, it's 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 going to be really damaging. But if we stay up, then the chances of you know selling to somebody um, with deeper pockets, I guess, is where I'm going. Uh, somebody with with sort of some level of ambition. I, I genuinely think Huddersfield Town is a great football club that that could that could throw its weight around, you know, quite high up uh, in the in the pyramid uh, if if it's got the right people. There, it could also throw its weight around in the bottom division if we're not careful as well. It's just one of those football clubs, isn't it? And I genuinely believe Huddersfield's got massive potential. I know they're a little bit of a we're a little bit of a prisoner of geography, aren't we? At the moment, we've got big clubs to the side. Each side we've got Sheffield Wednesday down below, who obviously aren't doing too well at the minute. But if they bring themselves back up, it, you know we're, we're really scrapping for for people, fans, and interest, aren't we? But I, I generally think if if Huddersfield Town are decent, the people will come. The crowds will come, and if we play, you know, decent football with something, we don't even need to play, you know, particularly fancy, pretty football for the fans to get behind something, as we as we've seen before. It's just if there's if there's a a shared mission and and the fans believe in what's going on, it can be a really great place, can Huddersfield, to come and watch football, to play football, and I genuinely think that if we do, you know, I think I think at times Dean did a great job. You know, 2017, Dean and David Wagner was such a, a great combination, whereas, uh, Poz is turning his light off there, such a great combination. And I just think Uddersfield Town could do that again with the right combination of people. And I really hope that there's somebody out there does want to buy the football club as soon as possible with the intention to move us on a different level. And, you know, Dean has really built up or helped to build the football club to a certain level, it just now needs somebody to be able to, with with different ideas, maybe freshen things up a little bit and uh, do things slightly differently to maybe move Huddersfield Town another level again. And and it and it's there. It's it's a club club that's there. The you know the building blocks are in place. The training ground is you know I know people ridicule it a little bit, but it's as good as many of them in in the Championship. When you look around at the others, uh, the ground's decent. In, it does need some repairs, but it's decent. There's a good fan base, you know, and a, a good history and Huddersfield Town's a, a really good football club uh, for somebody who wants to do something with it so I'm really hopeful that you know somebody will come in uh, and see that and uh, and help move us on because if if we go down and the and the and the fans are so important because the, like you say post it really needs the supporters to rally behind the team for the rest of the season and, and push us up because if we get sucked down the chances of you know moving on as a football club really diminish in my eyes. Uh, we could bounce back immediately. It, it all depends. But if, if you're a, 
I don't know, a Texas oil baron and you're and you're looking at the Premier League thinking, you know, you can get a decent football club in there and the money and the riches that come with it, you're more likely to go for a Preston North End than a Huddersfield Town in League One, aren't you? Um, I'll say Preston because I know that they're up for sale because of um, what happened to um, their their owner there. So um, I think it's a really a really good buy for someone with the right intentions. I just I think it's just so keen, so important that we push up up the league into you know into a good position to make it more attractive. Uh, and if we do that, then I think the next few years could be could be decent. Um, but if if we don't, then you know, it could go the other way. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. I, mean, I think, like you say, these next six months are massive. And let, let's just get to some of stay in this league and, and go from there. There's only yeah, so... expectant scored uh, less goals than us, so it's obvious what we need. I'm going to make a big prediction. I think John Rhodes will be gone in January, and I think we'll be getting two strikers in. Uh, just a gut feel, that's what I'm thinking. I, I, I think we need a winger. Conor Moroni, you know, I would like to see him it a, bit, a little bit. Do you know, it doesn't look that bad when he comes on, Mahoney, does it? He doesn't play a lot, but when he comes on, no. he looks he looks quite handy at times. It's it's a strange one, is Mahoney. I think the problem is, Matt, it's like, isn't it? Just, we're waiting for guys, like you've said, Postino, you know, Pat Jones might, and Tino might, but I suppose like you said, Matt, these people that definitely will, will, I just think we've just gonna to have to be really ambitious in, in January. We can't piss about. We can't piss about in January. Nah. You've got to get three good, very good players in to give us the best chance. Yeah, we do. What about uh, throwing this out there? Matt? And it's difficult. Part of me thinks it's a non-starter because you've got to remember how we left, although different manager. But I do think obviously it festered into the season before, but Josh Caroma, but I think I think that chapter's done in it. Yeah, uh, it's just just a gut feeling, but I don't think Huddersfield's for him uh, in his yeah. head and yeah. his you know I, I don't think Huddersfield's where he wants to be and I think that's part of the part of the issue there but yeah. you know if you get the Josh Caroma back of 21 you know, hang on I've still got this rattling round here there you go look get get the one back with the conch um yeah, yeah anyway still there pause yeah yeah, well, I don't know if you are. I am. Yeah, still here. Um, I think it's just for us. I got I got the conch out from behind the laptop and knocked it slightly, but I think that's pretty much all we've got time for. Unless either of you guys have got anything to add. The only thing I was going to mention really was, I think what's really damaged us is the the home results against Blackburn, uh, Blackpool, Wigan, and Sunderland. I think they're really damaging scores. Uh, the goal line technology failing against Blackpool was just just summed up was just summed up a lot of our luck this year, hasn't it? And the Wigan game, um, you know, giving away that silly penalty when the game was easily evenly poised, and you know, and Sunderland. I thought we were the better side for sixty minutes against Sunderland. I was really, I came away really gutted with that because I thought we were better than them for sixty minutes, and they were there for it. Um, and then they ended up beating us two 0 But it's what it is, isn't it? We've we've got to pull out some decent. Matt, uh, what decent we're going to do? We had a month of fod presses, mate, and post match where. Life's going to be unbearable. Boring Southgate. We're going to... The fourth, we want his quotes, mate. Can't, can't it be a pundit on uh, BBC or ITV but World Cup? It'd be no. unbelievable. I'd watch that, it. I'd watch it. <laughs> uh, just the, the, the last... Um, the last quotes, really, in the in the YouTube comment, uh, uh, Terry 7 and 2 says, uh, 15 million in transfer sales, 3 to 5 from the final, 5 mil from billing. I don't think we get any more billing money. Uh, and grant sales, exactly. How much money will be available in January for the refresh... 
Uh, and then Max says, Simpson is one I'd throw in if he's fit after the World Cup. Could give us the impact Adebayo did when coming in from Luton, question mark. Um, but we really need a midfield that can dictate and start uh, the attacks in January. Uh, and El Bubio says, uh, the little video the club's put out with team photos shows that Simpson is an absolute unit. Not sure if that's because he's put some weight on or he's always been that size. Could be a handful. Yeah, that was um, weird, wasn't it? Doing a team photo. I know I get a lot changed since August, but that was a bit weird, wasn't it? Like team photo day on in oh, I didn't November. take much notice yeah. of that, to be honest. But Tino's, Tino's a big guy, isn't he? But uh, sorry, not Tino. Simpson's a big guy, isn't he? Um, but he's only played half a season at Swindon, so I don't yeah. think you can really... He'd have been loaned out, might have been fit, be, wouldn't he? He'd have been somewhere else. He'd have probably out. started, yeah. to be honest, seeing how well we've done up there. But um, but yeah, but that, that's it from me, guys. If if you've got anything, we can carry on. One month we are out of town. Is that good or bad, pause? Good. Bad, man. We've got to find something else to do on Saturday now. Good deal. <laughs> Ikea awaits for me. Na, 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 na. This has got a right list on the... I'm thinking of something. Right, guys, I think that's it. So thanks to everyone for uh, watching us online. If you guys could click the like button, that would be fantastic because that just puts the podcast under more eyes uh, under the Huddersfield Town hashtags, etc. Because he's buggered off already. Uh, and that's it. And here come the, uh, the end credits. <laughs> There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all Upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up 
about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> 